Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Listening to the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Madison. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Episode 143 is upon us. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And our brother from another mother in New Jersey, Mr. Archie Mitchell, is here with us. Woohoo! What's up, everybody? How are we doing out there tonight, guys? I'm okay. I'm a little upset, though. I thought this was the indie results show. Oh, yeah. Well, we had we had fun with that mm-hmm. this past week on Slice of Time on WrestleNet Radio, the indie results. That was a, that was a good time. I, we uh, had, I, I hung up from you after we got done recording, and I had a headache 20 minutes later. It was like I laughed too hard. <laughs> There were some merit. What's that? My, allergy, my allergies destroyed me, and like I took like a little real quick. I took like a little allergy pill that you had to like get off the shelf, mm-hmm. you know. It didn't do anything. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta up my game. I'll go to the pharmacy. So I go behind the. I'm like, give me the twelve dollars. Shit, shit, you know. Good yeah. shit. Give me that. So I take that, and I felt like ten times better. But I was still like confident. I was gonna sound bad on the show. Yeah, though. I don't know. And forgetting that I took the little pill, I'm like, "Ah, I'll be okay. And I drank 12 beers. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Forgetting that I had 36 hours of allergy medicine. And I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning in my recliner. And and I had my hand like still in a bag of chips. (laughs) The Care Bears came to visit Aaron. Aaron, tonight, Aaron is playing the role of Jim, Jim Belushi or John Belushi here tonight. Yep. Like it was a fucking great sleep, though. I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to fall back asleep. Right, <laughs> not that good anyway. <laughs> After the Claritin coma, I'm gonna be up for a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, everybody, we are continuing our the third in a four episode series dream rosters this week on the Weekend yes. Wrestle Podcast. Aaron regaled us a couple of weeks ago with his roster from 1989. Last week, Archie impressed with his roster from 1998. And this week, I am tackling the year 1993 in professional wrestling, building my roster of 30. For those of you that haven't listened, well, first of all, what the hell? Secondly, 
We get 30 stars of any wrestler available from that select year. And you can then select your tag team champions, your world champion. And, of course, we as we went on, we kind of improvised. We get our broadcast teams and our interviewer and et cetera, et cetera. And because Aaron and Archie played the manager card, I'm going to do that a couple of times on mine, too. Yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah. It makes yeah, it yeah. fun. You, you have know. to have those. You have to have those. Uh, those ancillary characters hanging around. So here we go. I'm just going to start. I got the year 1993 again to get to choose 30 stars. I have. Uh, I kind of actually wound up doing my list kind of like Aaron did. Ten heels, ten faces, five tag teams. Okay. So here we go. We are going to start. I'll start with my heels. And the first, the first, like you know, six guys, no particular order. Um, and then we'll get into who the, the top guys are. But my first heel that I chose, the year 1993, he's very young in his career. He's about to really start making a splash in pro wrestling and becoming a big name and kind of help revolutionize things in the business. I'm going with Sabu. Okay. Sabu will be on my card to most definitely be something different. Um, you know, you think about 1993, I think 93 was when he was still in, uh, in Japan. He hadn't even started in the States yet. I don't believe other than, I mean, he worked in Detroit for his uncle, but overall 93, you've got a very young Sabu ready to, ready to make waves and make changes. And, uh, I would definitely have him on my roster in 93. I, I don't blame you. I, I think Sabu is a fantastic choice, and we also we know the upside guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, he's also a guy that you don't always have to be doing something with. If that makes sense, like he doesn't. Have <laughs> he to, can just he can just be yeah. Just <laughs> he doesn't have to be in an angle. He can just be like whoever you wind up getting into your top heel. He can just be the guy like the fucking mercenary or whatever. Yeah, like he doesn't just give a, he doesn't give a shit about a belt. Just point him at a guy and take him out, you know? Or just forking a joke, j Brown, <laughs> you know, putting him through tables or whatever. Right, right. Okay, so my next heel that I picked is kind of a personal preference because I was a big fan of the character, and I think you could still at this time do more with this character and expand the character. I like the performer, and he, is, he shows, and we don't know, of course, if it's 93, but... He, he will show for us in the future that he can evolve as well as a character. But I am having on my heel side Papa Shango. Mm. In that gimmick, Papa Shango. I love the Papa Shango gimmick. Yeah. He's great to be a monster heel, to go up against your your smaller baby faces, and then maybe once in a while up against your baby. I have a baby face that I'll definitely have him in a feud with here on the other side of the roster, but... What do you guys think, Papa Shango in 1993? Fantastic. I don't think that WWEF let him use his full potential. I think that that gimmick could have been taken way darker, as we saw with prototype pictures of the gimmick for Mm -hmm. a return. And even if after, let's say, two years on your show, on your roster, it isn't working out anymore, we do know he could switch. You know what I mean? We can always be Kama or the Godfather or whatever have you, so... I think it's a fantastic choice. It's also a gimmick. I think it's a bad rap because, like, they're always like, oh, oh unbelievable. <coughs> like, there could be really be, like, I mean, there's voodoo dudes. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
It's it's you, it's yeah. actually it's actually a religion in Haiti. <laughs> you, you could actually build on him as well. You could have add add members to a voodoo cult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how, they don't got to be big name stars, but just guys who run out and attack his opponents before the match starts. You know. And I think that um, the only I think that the 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 worst thing that happened to the Papa Shango gimmick was the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, and said. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, WrestleMania made no sense. But pair, you know. pairing him up with the Warrior made them do that really cartoony shit with him. Yeah, and before that, that's not what was happening. Like before that, they were making him very menacing. You know. Well, I mean, he was lighting his opponents on fire. Now with the old Warrior, it was okay. Uh, projectile vomiting and what's that blue, the green sludge coming out of his head? Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> so anything still- else on anything else on Papa Shango, guys? I like him. The next guy I got, he's going to be my little shit heel running around, okay? okay. And he'll probably, uh, the way I would probably book him would be at some point, I don't know who I'd have to look, but at some point as the roster develops, you get other guys or what have you anyway. He would probably wind up being a guy who's the leader of a stable where the guys around the guys around him are bigger than him, you know? But at this time, he was very talented, was very good on the mic, and again, has a lot of potential. And I actually liked the gimmick. Scotty Flamingo. I like him. That is a powerhouse pull, in my opinion. So he's Scotty Flamingo, not Johnny Polo? Yeah, well, I wrote. it's funny because I wrote Scotty Flamingo down, and I was like, shit, in 93, he was actually Johnny Polo. But they're almost the same. No, what I'm saying, he could be either one. Yeah, I'm I prefer. Like, I was just meaning, like, are you going to bring him in and be like, "Hey, you're going to be Johnny Polo, or you're going to be Scotty Flamingo?" Because no. he's good at both of them, but they're different characters. You know? Yeah, I, I'd probably use him as Scotty Flamingo. To be oh, honest, yeah, yeah, that I'll be honest. WWE never let or WWF never let him wrestle as Johnny Polo, and I think that was a mistake. I think well, he maybe had one or two outings. When the Quebecers needed a six-man tag partner or something, yeah, like that. I think they they had him wrestle Marty Jannetty on a yeah. Raw or something, yeah, yeah. But as, Vince as, hated him. No, Vince <laughs> liked him, but he liked him for his no, brain. He liked, he liked him as a as a as a Booker. Yeah, he hated right. him as a right. Like, but, like uh, <laughs> not to not to trail off, but like one of my favorite things Raven ever said was when he went back to the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um. He said he was walking through the locker room and he walked by Vince and Vince audibly said, who the fuck hired Scotty Levy back? <laughs> and, he you think he was... and he said in his mind, he's like, well, this is going to be a tough road to toe, but you I'm going to get Vince, through you, it. You think Vince was ribbing him? <laughs> I, um, yeah, you know, I've heard, I've like heard he instances I've heard instances <laughs> where he's done that to multiple guys. Like when Luke Gallows came back as the Good Brothers with, mm-hmm. you know, Carl Anderson, he walked up to Vince. He's like, Vince, thank you for another opportunity. I'm so happy to be back. Vince, like, who are you? He's like, I'm Luke Gallows. Like, yeah, I, you were in New Japan, but when have you ever been here before? He's like, I was the fake Kane and I was Festus. He's like, fuck no, you wasn't Festus. And I'm like, really? You don't know your talent's <laughs> real name? You only know them by gimmicks? Yeah. Nah. You know? I, you know. <laughs> Seeing recent pictures of Vince, the way that he looks, he looks like a burnout, like he might smoke hot. So it's possible Vince gets high a lot and doesn't realize half the shit he's saying. 
Maybe maybe he's taking too much allergy medicine. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like All the right. sneeze, but he probably is. <laughs> yeah, yeah but there you go. I like the Scotty Flamingo gimmick. Um, I, I liked it in WCW. Great light heavyweight, but then also can come up to be a mid-card wrestler as well. Yeah, well, uh, and that's what that's what I was going to say. I think he, he's a he's what like we talked about a few times on the previous shows. He's a, he's a Swiss Army knife because right. you can you can use him as kind of a, 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 a wrestler slash coach. You can use him as just a wrestler. You can even use him in the broadcast booth if right. you wanted to. Right, you can put to, him on you know? commentary if you felt like. It. Yeah, I mean he can do anything. So right, the you next guy. Him. Yeah, yeah, you can book for me. <laughs> he would definitely be a, a guy whose brain, you know, I'd be picking as far as creative goes, along with a couple of other guys that I have here. But the next guy that I'm putting on my roster because I want, I want this guy to be able to be to kind of start out as a mid card uh, monster heel and work his way up into the main event because eventually I would see putting my title on him at some point. He's not going to be my champion to begin with, but he's going to have great matches with all the baby faces on the other side. And eventually if he turns face, he could have great matches with the heels on this side. And that is 1993. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Oh, oh. and I'm taking Luna. <laughs> now see that works on a lot of different, uh, wavelengths there again. He, he, good singles wrestler, great heel. Could be a good tag team wrestler. We, we said that about about him on my roster in ninety in ninety eight. And the thing about Bam Bam is, hey, I need somebody to challenge for a world champion. Okay, Bam Bam, go ahead. You know, yeah, it's not unheard of. And when you yeah. when you hear, oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say um, he never was bad, but this was. This was the best Bammer, in my opinion. I think so. Yeah. Wise, this was this was when he was at his best. And when you hear some of the baby faces I have on the other side, some of the matchups that he could have here are going to be great. Um, but yeah, Bam Bam, definitely going to use him mid card, top of the card. As time goes on, he can, like I said, he can be that guy that goes up into the, you know, like. Like you would do back in the day with like Davy Boy or something, you know. Dur- during the during the time in between your huge shows, he can come up in the main event and challenge a champion or whatever. And then you get to the big shows and he kind of goes to the main or the mid card, but he could become a main eventer too. You know, you never know. And this might be stupid. If this is, I feel like I'm being your booker. This might be stupid, but um, you're talking about Scotty Flamingo, but you also got Luna. Like I'd put Scotty with him. And have like this dynamic with, and Luna's still with him too, but like have this dynamic with like Luna and Scotty. Right. Where eventually you get like a fucking Luna Vachon, Scotty Flamingo match. And like, (laughs) right. I love it. Maybe Luna Luna coaxes the Raven out of Scotty Flamingo. Shit out of his little ass. It would be fucking fantastic. Yeah, he gets his ass whipped like three weeks in a row. Goes away for about a, about a week or two, comes back and he's raving. You know, <laughs> you made me think about my mom and how she used to slap me around. Right, right. <laughs> you got a mullet too. <laughs> <laughs> she paints on her face too. 
The next guy is going to be the next heel is going to be one of my vets in the back. He's also going to be able to at this time still at, at this time he'd still be able to be a main event heel. He's one of my favorites of all time, and he could be a mind. You know, he could be a mind that that could be part of my creative team also. Jerry the King Lawler. Goddamn right. That's not a bad choice at all. 93 Lawler is is pretty damn good. Uh, you know, and, and the thing about Jerry is no matter what the age, because of the style that he wrestled, Jerry Lawler didn't bang his body up. So no matter what age Lawler is, he's still Lawler because he never re- – you know what I mean? Like he's still re- – a Lawler match is quote-unquote easy to wrestle. So oh, definitely. And he was, never, he was never a body guy, and mm-hmm. I'm not – like saying he was in bad shape or anything, and that's like that's what I'm saying about like it's a lot of the same way with Funk. Like Terry Funk right. was fancy. Funk wasn't a body guy, so it was like until he started telling you how old he was and shit, you didn't think about Terry aging. Lawler was the same way. Like Lawler yeah. was always kind of a I don't want to say dumpy, but he was just always just like a dude. He just like a guy, yeah. Well, yeah. and with Lawler and Funk, even when they were aging, they didn't age terribly until what the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, so the thing about Lawler is you get that shit-eating grin of a heel. Um, you get a commentator later on. You know, you could always throw him in the booth if you want to. Mm-hmm. And he's not a bad booker for you either, if need be. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to be. I'd want to. I I I believe in a in a creative team. Right. Like I would have, I, and he would definitely be on it. I wouldn't want Lawler to be my. Booker, not head. <laughs> you right. know, like not, a, he ain't calling all the shots. Because as much as I love Memphis wrestling, at times Memphis wrestling is kind of goofy. So, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong; it's entertaining as shit. But I wouldn't want I wouldn't want my national promotion getting booked by Jerry Lawler like it was Memphis wrestling. No, I yeah, agree. Coming out of a box, you don't need that. <laughs> yeah, Lawler wins the title forty-seven times. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jerry, I definitely think would be an asset to my roster and also can wrestle as a heel later on could be the nostalgic baby face, you know, as time goes on. Next guy that I'm picking at this time, very, very few wrestlers in 93 as dynamic as this guy. And I, I actually debated whether to put him on the face side or the heel side. And the only, reason, the only reason he wound up on the heel side was because there was another face I wanted to add. And it's Cactus Jack. Uh, you didn't have to even explain that because heel Cactus Jack in 93 was incredible. Well, and the, but see, originally the reason he was on the face side was I was like, I'm going to like, I'm going to be like the first match. When my promotion opens, when the lights come up and everything's... I can still do it. Fuck it. I can do heel-heel if I wanted to. But the first right. match you're going to see at the Nate Wrestling Alliance on TV when we come on on, on the air is just Sabu and Cactus Jack. Being and you're going to be like, you're gonna be like, I'm never turning this show off ever right. again. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, how do you go wrong with Cactus on your roster, especially at this time? Debuting tonight at 9.05 Eastern Time on TBS, the Nate Wrestling Alliance. Join us then. Starts at 9.05, and it's just already Cactus and Sabu in the, in the alleyway beating the hell out of each other. Oh, yeah. Well, and no, I would have. Like, what the hell I, happened? I would have had them I would have had them start wrestling 
seven minutes before right. we went on the air right. in front of the live crowd. So the live crowds, live. the live crowds already going fucking insane. You know what I mean? You're just, oh, you're, right. just, you're just turning your TV on and coming into this shit. And it's what like, did I well, miss? They said 905. Yeah, I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> the next heel on my roster is... I always preferred him as a heel, especially in this character. And he's going to be my just, I mean, just a, just a no good, lousy, rotten piece of shit heel. Okay. It's, it's heel Razor Ramon. Oh God. Now see that works. Hey, Owen, (laughs) when he fucking clotheslines. You learned that that from, no, he hit him with the trash. Like he hit him with a, like he clotheslined him with a trash can. He's like, you learned that from your daddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good dynamic there for him too, because you gotta. He's not just a mid carter; he's got room to grow. Yes, you know, yeah. and it, it, he should have been able to grow in WWF, but they didn't let him again. He he you got know. he got stuck in the WWF in that perennial intercontinental champion right thing, and I mean, I'm sure he didn't mind it because his buddies were the ones that were above him, and they were all making money. Right, well, and they were trickling down whatever they until were they making. weren't. Right, you know, and and Scott Hall, I, I've said this a couple times about people, but he's also one of the guys that if you ask somebody that doesn't know anything about a wrestling about wrestling, draw me a wrestler, mm-hmm. they're gonna somebody that looks like Scott Hall. Yep. Like um, that, dude, that dude before he got really bad was in like phenomenal. Oh, and and. and and easily one of the it, from probably 1990 until until he got well you know until he things got out of control in like 97 he was easily one of the best wrestlers in the world people he does not get enough credit for how good he was 98 would be when he when the wheels yeah came. probably yeah but yeah I mean well WCW afforded him a lot of luxury and a lot of money to do whatever the hell he wanted mm-hmm. and he was making good money in WWF but not the kind that he could have went out and had drugs and drink all night. Right. So if you keep an, a watchful eye on him, he ain't going to get that bad. You know. But I also want him to go off the rails, not like physical-wise, but like verbally-wise sometimes. I want him to kind of go off the rails a little bit. Because yeah. they talk about all the click people and everything. Scott Hall, my voice is... I just <laughs> but Scott Hall <laughs> was... In my opinion, one of the better people at fucking burying somebody. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Sean like would blatantly do it. Kevin Nash would be like articulate with it. Yeah. But Scott Hall would just do it. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> would... Well, my my favorite thing that Shane Douglas ever said in a shoot interview was his first couple months in WWF. He'd go out there and he'd wrestle Scott Hall as Razor Ramon. They'd come backstage and Razor would go, "Hey, uh, Shane, we're tough around here. You could you could pull your punches like you did in ECW. Go ahead." And then the first night, Shane actually hauled off and hit him. Walks backstage and goes, "You know, Shane, you were a little rough out there." And Shane Douglas is like, "Well, which is it? Are you yeah. trying to get me in trouble with management? Are you trying to show, tell them that I'm Scott Hall's right. Yeah, you know, so." <laughs> But yeah, he's uh, he's gonna be my 
he's going to be my heel that, that, you know, just, I mean, almost to what Aaron was saying, even like the things that come out of his mouth, the fans are just going to be like, God, what a piece of shit, you know? Cause that, that character, that razor, that initial razor, razor Ramon character was like that, you know? And I, I really dug the heel razor Ramon. And, and I'm not going to get off on a tangent or anything. I'm just going to say like, that's the problem now with the modern product. And I shouldn't say it's the problem, but it's, it's part of the problem. Wrestling was better when every, when like the locker room wasn't harmonious, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. right. like, <laughs> guys were like, this motherfucker's coming here. He's going to take my spot. Fuck that. Yeah. Right. Now him. they're like, now they're like, Oh cool. He can play weed bowling with us tonight. Right. Hey, Hey, man, I just got to do Street Fighter, and I got that TV screen for my game. Yeah, I'll get up on the bus, man. No. No. I mean, here, he's going to try to take money out of my fucking wallet. Fuck him. Nobody wants to outperform anybody in him. Was it, yeah. was it The Undertaker, or it might have been Austin that said it, or something, that the first time they walked backstage of a wrestling show in the you know late 70s and early 80s, that it looked like they were walking into a jail cell? Yeah, because some guys I think it was Undertaker. The, well, yeah, some guys were off in the corner playing poker. Another guy was drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels. Guys were smoking. Guys were doing. Now you walk backstage, everybody's got a video game console. Yeah. They're all drinking Kool Aid. You know, what I mean? it's like <laughs> it's like when did we go from the rough and tumble guy to the kitty show? You know. Yep. Eventually, yeah, my locker room's not gonna be like that. Damn it. <laughs> well, no, because you're ninety three. You know, you're ninety three. You're just. You're five or, eight or six years away from that starting to happen. Yeah. The next guy I got here, he's going to be a good workhorse for me as a heel. Um, and he's definitely going to have an upside and probably rise up the card. Um, it's Steve Austin. Yes. Yes. Stunning Steve Austin is on my roster in 1993. And uh, I have a great feud for him when we get over to the babyface side, his first feud. But Steve Austin is going to be um, – he's hes going to be that – at this working. point, the guy, yeah, he's going to be the guy on the rise, you know. He's going to be working the mid-card right. probably for a year or two, but he's going to be that guy on the rise. I don't want to hot-shot him to the top. Which would be the you know if you know the future that would be your <laughs> instinct, but let him work, man. Let him work like he did in WCW in '93 and '94. And, and I'm never gonna say that like Stone Cold wasn't great or whatever. It, it was a totally different character, but '93 um, Steve Austin, like '93 '94 Steve Austin, he was at the peak of his working. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like like when he became stunning, Steve or Stone Cold, he was say what you want to say. Stone Cold wasn't a fucking hell of a worker. He was a hell of a <laughs> entertainer and yeah. talent. But but ninety ninety three ninety four Steve Austin, he figured it out in the ring. He mm-hmm. fucking, but still, it's the, a good the, it's a good if you're gonna have like a mid card title, that's the guy to put it on. The thing that I loved about Austin in WCW and in WWF. He wasn't afraid of a slow burn storyline. Like when it was him and Brian became the Hollywood Blondes, they didn't give themselves a name right away. They slowly added to the characters and then they were the Hollywood Blondes. 
Then they broke up, and Brian had to come back from injury. And when Brian came back from injury, Austin's got Colonel Robert Parker, and all of a sudden they weren't cool anymore. But they didn't go straight to a match. They mm-hmm. antagonized each other for a little bit. And that carried over into WWF with his feuds with The Rock, Triple H, Mankind. So that's what you have with Austin. Like you said, you don't just hot shot him to the top. Mm-hmm. Let him develop in either in his feuds or his storytelling that the fans start to care. Whether they're booing or they're cheering, at least they're giving you a reaction for him, and that's what he loved. Exactly. So, And, and I would be tempted, the next guy on the roster, because as I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what would I do here? The next guy that I have, um, my second to last heel here, it would be somebody that I would almost be be tempted to pair up with, and not necessarily a tag team, but like a loose association between right. these two heels. And we're talking ninety three, of course. So he's, I mean, he's just tearing it up. He's 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 one of the best workers in the world, and he is a fantastic heel. It's Shawn Michaels. And I would almost be tempted to have Stunning Steve and Shawn Michaels almost have like kind of a loose affiliation with each other. Not again, not that they're a tag team or not even, but they're like, I don't know. You know I what like I mean? Them, like, I kin- like them for as two heels who are buddy buddy, but are trying to outdo each other. Mm-hmm. Like Austin goes out there and has a killer matchup and he comes backstage, you know, and Michaels is like, well, watch this kid. And, the, you know, so, like you said, they're not a tag team, but if they need to team up, they will. Right. Yeah, that's you what know. I'm saying. They're yeah. they're high they're hijinks. Sometimes bring them together, and that right. they have to team up against two baby faces or what have you. Right. Right. And then you could eventually, if you wanted to, you could have like I would go I would go Steve on this route. You could eventually have Steve fucking fucking heal Sean, and then you turn Sean face. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. You definitely want to go with Sean as the babyface there, not Steve at this time. Right. All right. My final heel, and he is going to be my initial world's champion because it's going to be fun to watch the babyfaces chase this guy. It's 1993. It's I'm not going to. <laughs> that's not till 95. Well, this you could have made him now. <laughs> <laughs> That might be Bam Bam's new gimmick. Um, oh, God. No, my, my first champion and my top heel, 1993, can't go wrong with fucking Vader. Oh, no, you can't. You cannot. Excellent choice. Vader is my top heel. He is my first world champion, and baby faces are going to be chasing Vader because I am a heel champion fan. I like a, I like, I like heel champion. You are know. you uh, sneaking Harley in as the manager? Of course I am. <laughs> oh, you sneaky guy, you. <laughs> and Harley can even manage Bam Bam, too. Hell, Harley could manage 80% of your heels. Yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you can go wrong at the top of the card with Vader as your champion no, you in 93. No. Vader Harley was great. Yeah. Vader was everything in, in WCW. When Flair left and they didn't really want to keep going with, with Luger... And, and Wyndham and Sting. And then, you know, Flair started to come back a little bit, but not fully yet. Vader was everything. He was the perfect replacement to go from Ric Flair, the, you know, the, the heel that, you know, dirty tactics to this big bullish monster mm-hmm. was the perfect transition. 
All right. Ready to jump he's over to my... Oh, go ahead, Aaron. What's scary. that? He's scary. He's yeah. scary. You know what and, I mean? Like, yeah. Like, poke holes. Like, if you want to talk about wrestling, like, people, oh, wrestling's fake or whatever. Like, at that time, like, poke holes in the fact that Vader is not a fucking badass. You know right, I mean? he was. He, everything about him was about. He him. landed in. He landed in Kuwaiti jail to prove right, it. Right, right. You know the the funny thing. People make fun of those uh, vignettes that they produced for Sting and Vader, the spin the wheel, make the deal, and the uh, the bash at the beach when him and Sid were on the beach against Davy Boy and Sting. But Vader was the only mon- the, the scary looking part of it all. Everything mm-hmm. else was cartoony. There was a midget, you know. I mean, it was, yeah. it was bullshit. But Vader was still Vader. They didn't yeah. change that about him. The only thing I would say, if I'm booking you, if I uh, like, because Leon White, from everything I've heard, was the nicest dude in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you like to ruffle feathers or whatever. I would look at Leon White in my locker room and say, Leon, I need you to just, I need you to be Vader in real life. Yeah. Don't let anybody try to tell you anything different when you're in that when you're in that fucking ring. Mm-hmm. Like, don't anybody know. Make them take it. Yeah. All right, baby faces. Here we go. Um, I want somebody that can have some exciting matches here. That's kind of a you know he's of course this is '93, so I have the benefit of of having preliminary wrestlers. So. All of my guys are going to be able to get over by wrestling preliminaries, but when this guy comes up against somebody like Bam Bam Bigelow or Cactus Jack or even Vader, he's going to he's going to have a great match. He's also going to be able to put them over and make them look good. And he's actually one of my favorites. 1993, I got to put two Cold Scorpio on my roster. Damn it, I thought you were going to say Charlie Norris. <laughs> Charlie Charlie Norris is selling hot dogs at this point. Right. Right, no, no. Too cold is a great choice. Um, he he dazzled crowds with the, with that high flying ability. You know, mm-hmm. people make fun of his the the, the song. You know I mean? yeah. Oh no, I'm using, man. We're using that song. Oh yeah, we're course. using that song in the Nate Wrestling Alliance. But That's happening. They, they made fun of the way he danced. They made fun of you know that he was he was goofy. But then when he got in the ring, he was all business and was doing things that no one else was doing in that ring until. Mm-hmm. The Cruiserweights came along like three and four years later. Yeah. So that's a perfect spot for the roster. And if it's 1993 and you want to fuck with people's minds, I know you said Cactus Jack would be like, hey, we're going to have Sabu versus two cold Scorpio. Yeah. (laughs) God damn. Why has they got two jobbers going against each other? And then the match happens and people are like, what the fuck did I just watch? Um, God, yeah. would even be like, I ain't following that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a made event. <laughs> and, and like I said, I mean, overall, then he's also somebody that can sell and get right. a sympathy match with a Vader or Bam Bam Bigelow or something when, right. you're trying to, when you're trying to, you know, you know what I mean. Put the heat on him. So the next guy on my babyface side, it's like I said, oh, I guess the parallel to where he was on the number nine here. Much like Papa Shango, it's a personal favorite. So I put him on the roster whether people were going to like it or not just because I wanted to watch him. It's Del Welks, the Patriot, is on my roster I have in 1993. No problem with that. 93, the Patriot was 
coming up. Um, you know, he was, you know, with Scorpio as a tag team, so you've got a good little, you know, tag team there if you need be at any point in time. And who doesn't like Del Whips? Right. Well, I'm just, yeah, I just. It's I, not like you said are, the no. Patriots, Salvatore Sincere. Then, then we'd have <laughs> no, a problem. You would be surprised, though, in some of the, the and, and this is in the, what do I want to say? Aaron and I have been a, are members of a couple of them in the pretentious wrestling fan wrestling groups. Mm-hmm. The guys that think that they, you know, I, I don't know. You, I know you what know you're what saying. I, you know what I'm saying too, Aaron. Yeah. The guys that every time you say you like somebody, they want to shit on it. You know what the fuck? Yeah, the those Patriots. those are just hipsters that are you know. Yeah. Patriot. The Patriot was no Dirty Dick Slater in 1983. But that was... No, you're right. You're right. He wasn't Dirty Dick Slater in 1983. If he was, that would be fucking weird. (laughs) I can see now if you were to say, I like Terry Funkwell, he was no Dirty Dick Slater. Okay, two common-looking guys. (laughs) They were almost the same character to a certain extent. But to say the Patriot, okay, maybe you could say, well, he's not Hulk Hogan. Okay. Yeah. You know? Well, they... they, Those those guys in those groups like to drop names, and yeah, eras and territories and stuff. Like they're so fucking yeah. smart. Anyway, I, I call those hipster fans. Yeah. I like Budweiser. Oh, I like an IPA from Hawaii. That <laughs> no, fuck you. Go drink your beer. Leave me alone. I saw this. I saw this meme. I was going to send it to you guys, and I forgot. But it had a bunch of guys with like um, hipster caps on mm-hmm. and long beards, and then like. The, the 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 too cool for school pinstripe thing with the vest or whatever. And uh-huh. it said it said the craft beer never stood a chance. That's funny. It's the truth. <laughs> like, yeah, like people like I've had guys <coughs> be like, Oh man, you like to drink? I was like, I love to drink. You ever go to a microbrewery? Fuck no. <laughs> like <laughs> so you they won't give you a story with every fucking drink they give you. Like <laughs> right. this was this was brewed in 1967 in a fucking in, small in a and, yeah. and give me another one. Like, don't tell me your <laughs> story. Well, the next guy, the next baby face on my roster, and uh, he's going to have some fantastic matches with the heels on the on the on the uh, heel side. But he's also going to have some awesome when you have those face versus face matches to to make everybody's ears perk up. But 1993, if I'm picking a roster and I'm, I get my choice of anybody in the world, Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, what a, what a grab. Is on my roster in 1993. That is an excellent grab, sir. You know what? I would love, I, I, I would, and it would be a clash of styles, but I think watching Jushin Liger wrestle Vader would be insanely good. Uh, yeah, yeah, Vader. Uh, even a match against Bam Bam, mm-hmm. and then you know, then you got him with the predictable matches against the Gold Scorpio or Sabu. Or you how know. about how about Jushin Liger in 1993 versus fucking Shawn Michaels? <laughs> I like that. I want to see that now, but we can't. Never. Those are old and retired. <laughs> Anything on Liger, Aaron? Um, you guys didn't bring him up, but you know, who I'd like to see work with Liger. Who's that? Steve Austin. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Give me some 93 Steve Austin versus Jushin Liger. Well, because yeah, he, 93 Austin was a different guy 
the 97 Austin. So, yeah. That's yeah. What I'm saying. This guy, this guy is definitely going to be having on my first show. See, I kind of booked my first show here, but mm-hmm. Sabu and Cactus Jack are doing that starting thing. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. I'll tell you. But then we're going to follow that up with Jushin Liger in a face versus face match, a technical match, if you will, as they used to call it back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be my next baby face on my roster, and that is the Rocket Owen Hart. Wow. Wow. And those two on my first show are going to have like this 20-minute match. They're going to go kind of to a draw, and then... My piece of shit heel Razor Ramon's gonna come out and beat him up, <laughs> and give him both Razor's edges and cut cut the promo and blah blah blah. And he'll probably start a few with the Rocket because they can go back and forth together, you know, verbally. But anyway, yeah, Owen Hart. I think in '93, I mean, his entire career he was fantastic. But I would love to have him on my roster not only to put over heels when need be. But have the the mid card feuds and definitely eventually ascend at this point at least to the mid the mid card title. Yeah, I can't go. And then eventually, I kicked your leg out of your leg. He can be that Owen Hart. I I I in '93 you cannot have a roster without having Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. do, you're a fool. Right, I agree. This guy might get some pushback. I don't know. I don't know from you, you two. I don't. I don't really know what your opinion is. But Aaron knows that I was a mark for this guy back in the day. I don't think he ever got his due in the WWF. I was always a fan, but he always just came that close and then got pushed back down or got you know they put him back in a feud he was in six months ago for no reason. But anyway. On my babyface side, I am going with Tatanka. Okay, All right. I mean, I mean, it's not a terrible choice. You have a he's a, he's a Carter. He's a he's a utility player. He's a worker. He's he's never going to be your world champion. Right. But I also I also never saw Tatanka have a bad match. He never oh, had okay. a match where I I disliked him, and I always thought he was a good fiery babyface mm-hmm. and. I also never heard about him being a pitcher. Like right. Yeah. No, I have no problem with the doctor. What are you going to do with the boss? So. <laughs> yeah, I'll turn heel. You know, and heel Tatanka was, it turned out bad. It was one of those things where you look back on it and you're like, it turned out bad not because of the wrestler. Like, well, because he didn't change. He should have been yeah. wearing. Chris Chavis went all in with it. You know, like well, he changed. He 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 went from talking like you know Tatanka, right. like the to like he kind of put some swagger in his voice right. and talk like this. And I, but he, I like he should have he should have had he should have had like a suit on. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. Hill Tatanka should have had a casino. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I I and I'm not I, not being like whatever with it. Like he should have been. I've. I've got the million dollar man with me now and he's told me what I can do to make the money and I'm going to get my money <laughs> but back. But see, that's, that's what I think hurt him and it's not to condemn Ted DiBiase. I love the million dollar man. But as a manager, he never really had talent that got over 
or did mm-hmm. anything uh, of worth that great. Like, King Kong Bundy was kind of past his prime when he went and joined the Million Dollar Corporation. Didn't do that much except for steal The Undertaker's urn. Mm-hmm. Kama Mustafa, again, the Supreme Fighting Machine Kama. Sid Vicious, the one, two, three kid. Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, I think Bam Bam's biggest claim to fame were they the tag team champions, I think, for like a month. Him and IRS. Him and IRS, I think, when he was in the Million Dollar Corporation. So Tatanka, by default, Actually, not they never get over as a heel with DiBiase. No, they never even won the belts. No, they were supposed to. They were supposed to wrestle that head shrinkers for the title at SummerSlam '94, yeah. but uh, Diesel and Sean beat them before they could. But yeah, I see what you're saying. But I think I think you in '93, a babyface Tatanka, um, he, yeah, I think he, he could hold down a good spot on my roster. Yeah, you must think you must think Aaron and I are really mean. Like we were going to really push back on you for Tatanka. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. The next guy I'm putting on because I think it's going to be fun. And and not only is it going to be fun, he's going to be a babyface. He's going to be wacky as shit like he was. He's going to be working his fucking boots off. And he's going to be my first mid-level champion, whatever it is, TV title, intercontinental title, whatever. He's going to win the tournament for it. And he's going to go directly into a feud with a man who disrespects him, which is Steve Austin. But my next baby face in 93, Tracy Smothers. Oh. And Tracy Smothers is going to be wacky Tracy Smothers, and he's going to win the Intercontinental title, and he's going to be fun as shit to watch on TV, and then Steve Austin's going to come in like a prick <laughs> and be a dick to Tracy Smothers, because everybody's going to love Tracy, of course. But anyway, what do you guys think? Tracy Smothers, 93 in my roster. I've here. never had a problem with Tracy Smothers. I think he's a great worker. Um, the the wackiness. I think that he could have been away from it a little more. Like he was more serious with uh, Steve Armstrong and WCW. I forgot what their mm-hmm. tag team name was. Um, they had a couple of names. They were the Young Pistols. The Young Pistols. The Wild Eyed Southern Boys. Yeah, I liked them as the Young Pistols. But he was serious there. Throughout <laughs> the rest of his career, he was always Freddie Joe Floyd. After that, to me, he what, what I'm what, the Tracy yeah, Smothers. I, the Tracy Smothers I'm thinking of in my head is Tracy Smothers and Smoky Mountain. That's what I was going to say. Make him, make him the happy go lucky hillbilly. Did that work? He said, but, uh, but, but said, not, wait, like, okay, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. It's okay. But when I say make him the happy go lucky hillbilly, I don't want him to be like a stupid hillbilly. You know right, I mean? yeah, no, no, no. I think you knew what I was saying when I said fun-loving. You're like, know. oh, man, how shucks, how's it going? But the minute somebody does something to him like Steve Austin, he'd be like, hey, man. Look at the size of my goddamn fist. <laughs> goddamn hand, man. He's like, I'll, I'll let anybody talk to me however they want to talk, but you ain't going to talk to me like that, motherfucker. He said, Tracy Smothers would be... Uh, and Arch, I know you live like in Jersey. Like I don't know if you live in a bigger city, but like he's the guy I'm thinking about that lives in like the town Nate and I live in, where he's the nicest guy in the bar, unless you fuck him. Right? No, I get it. I get it. Like he's the one guy in here that when he when he walks in, be like, oh, that dude's a hell of a guy. Oh, Just so I fuck. I see where you're going here, <laughs> don't Nate. Fuck with him. He wins the title. He's celebrating, and maybe Razor Ramon comes out. Pats him on the back and then blows him off, which pisses Tracy off, and you got an instant feud. 
Yeah, you but know? I'm 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 the disrespect for me is going to come from Steve Austin because I think Smothers and Austin would be too, yeah. would be a great feud. And also, and he, and I just, Austin, guess what Austin makes fun of? What? What? His mom. <laughs> oh no! Like that's the one thing. Like 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 Tracy Smothers would be like, man, you can say whatever you won't say about me. Don't say that. <laughs> goddamn it, thing it, about Mama Smothers. Yeah, yeah. Mama's mother's mothers. Mother's <laughs> mothers. Oh, God. And her smother's brothers. All right. The next guy, my baby face side. And his first feud is going to actually be, yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. He might feud with Razor. He might feud with Bigelow. He could actually feud with anybody. But he's gonna. it's going to be great when he finally gets a shot at Vader. And I'm talking about Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm not putting Savage on the fucking shelf in 93 either. Randy Savage is fucking no. Randy Savage. And uh, he's going to be wrestling at the top of my card. I, I... I mean, I know there's not a lot to say about Macho that hasn't been said. No, all I would say is, is that when I think of Macho Man in 1993... It really makes me think that the whole Macho Man Stephanie thing was true and Vince knew about it because he really wanted to just put Macho Man out the pasture. You know what I mean? Like you're just mm-hmm. gonna commentate. You're not gonna you know, you're not getting back in the ring. Nope, you're not getting back in the ring. And it just, you know, it escalated from there. And then Macho Man went to WCW and he still had a great career. He had a better career. I was career. about to say he's one of those guys that you know for what people want to say about WCW, him and Hogan, yeah, him and Hogan both went to WCW and had second, literally second careers there. Right, you know, uh, they had they had a, they had a career in the WWF and then they had a career in WCW. You know, his and, feud with his feud with Page, his feud with Flair, his, his even his feud with the Dungeon of Doom. His with, oh, feud. Yeah. His feud with Ric Flair is the only thing that can get you through 1995 WCW. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I, I like I like Macho Man in 93. The main reason you want to book him is how over I got him in 89 is my time. <laughs> right, right. Four years later, Nate's like, I'm going to steal him from Aaron. Dig it. <laughs> now, guy, Aaron, wait, Aaron. When he steals him from you, does he get Slim Jim as well, or do you keep Slim Jim? He can have Slim Jim. I don't know. He can have Slim Jim Hart. Big money, yeah. Big money, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the next guy on my roster, this is the guy that I said is going to be Papa Shango's first feud coming out of my first show. Because he's going to wrestle on the show, and then the uh, the Voodoo Man is going to come attack him. Oh. And that is The Undertaker. I like him. The Undertaker's on my roster. The Undertaker can chat. The Undertaker's great because he doesn't need the title, but you can nope. give it to him once in a while. Right. You know? And he's going to be the conscious of your locker room. I mean, you're talking about a locker room leader. <coughs> you got a locker room leader right there in The Undertaker. You've got right. a obviously a loyal guy. And... This is 93, so he's still a little rough around the edges as far as as wrestling goes. But as time goes on, you know he's going to grow as a wrestler. Right. And I think he could go up against any of the heels that I have on my heel side. 
Imagine the under. Imagine like so you could have Scotty Flamingo pee his pants because he's in the ring with the Undertaker. You I know like what that. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that <laughs> oh my god! You know what I was gonna say? It wasn't but. the same guy, but um, when I was talking about um, Sabu being like the mercenary, mm-hmm. be like one guy Sabu is just be like, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Like the first word, of, the first word of English that Sabu would ever utter would be like Scotty Flamingo being like Sabu, attack the Undertaker, and Sabu's like, nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> you can keep your money. I don't, I don't want it. Nope. The next, I have two more baby faces on my roster. The first one, I am going to use him as a babyface, at least to start here. He was another one that I went between whether I was going to use him as a heel or a face. But when when you're pick, you know, when you're picking who you want on each side, you're like, well, I got to use that guy as a heel, so I'll take him and put him over as a babyface. But he's got to be on my roster, and it is Mister Perfect Kurt Henning. Mister Perfect Kurt Henning in 1993 versus Bam. Shawn Michaels or Bam Bam or. Steve Austin. Right. You know, um, just imagine. And then Perfect versus Vader. I don't know if that match ever even happened. I don't think that match, I don't think they were ever in the same company at the same time. No, they weren't. Well, they were technically, but Kurt wasn't working. Mm -hmm. They were in WWF at the same time, but Kurt was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt was just a commentator, but. I think I think Mr. Perfect is you could use him again on either side of the aisle, but he's definitely a guy I want on my roster to go out there every night and know that I'm not gonna have to worry about what kind of match he's gonna have that night. I've always said it personally, to me, whether he's 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 in my top five, but whether he's my favorite wrestler or not, he's to me he's the best worker of all time in the ring, the smoothest, the most natural professional wrestler of all time is Mr. Perfect. So I agree. And I hate when and that, people I hate when people dog him about when he got like like heavier and shit like that. Yeah, that fuck him. He, like, he, like he, Kurt, in, Kurt, Hennig, Kurt Hennig in WWF in nineteen ninety like nineteen eighty nine. He wasn't near what he was in the AW. It's like fuck off. That dude They can really- suck they can suck my balls because at the at near the end of his life, when he was probably at his worst in physically and mentally he has, still has one of my favorite matches ever with Kurt Angle on Monday Night Raw. Mr. Perfect versus Kurt Angle is fucking perfect. And and it, that's all there is to it. The guy that's why I say he was a natural. He was a, he, he just went in there and did it flawlessly. He didn't even have to think about it. And he was you like know? um you mentioned Owen. He was like somebody like Owen and Kurt wasn't like fucking selfish. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yep. hey, okay, you want me to work with that guy and put that guy over? All right, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna like shit when I do it either. You, you know what I mean? Right. It, it's almost like how we were talking about like Terry Funk to be like, oh, okay, you want me to get that guy over? I'll get that guy over. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> million bucks. Uh, it, it, like Perfect's the only guy that ever got a good match at a Brutus Beefcake for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right, and then my top baby face. The number one draft pick, as far as the babyface for me goes, of course it's 93. Of course I'm a huge fan of this guy. There was no way he wasn't going to be on my roster. It is Brett the Hitman Hart. 
That's understandable. Brett was a was the leader of 1993. Yeah, well, and I mean, he's he's. There's no way I can look at my heel side of my roster and not think every single one of these people he could have a great match with them. Oh yeah, he's gonna yeah. have a few. He's going to have a feud with Vader over the title. Whether or not he gets the title the first time around or not is one thing. But I was going to ask, is, is, is that the guy that Vader beats in the title tournament? And then Brett was like, I got to go back and reevaluate myself, and I got to hit my roots again and figure out how I'm going to come back and beat this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That'd be a great story. Tell that story for a year, you know? And, and <clears throat> I love Brett Hart. Okay, he's in he's in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Hell of a storyteller, whether it's not even just in the ring, but just as verbally and everything like that. That's like one of the things that I think sometimes when he bitches about Vince, like when he's like, oh, Brett or Vince had me fucking rolling around in the dungeon with my dad. And it looked bad because like a 70 year old man would beat me. It's like I don't think Brett understood the story that Vince was trying to tell him and. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Was this guy is a this guy's from a wrestling family, and sometimes he has to go back to his roots. He has to go back down to the basement and learn what pain feels like and how mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's what you could do, do with the Vader thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna go in there and fight this guy, and then Vader. I I, I don't want to say Vader like goozles him or like like guzzles him or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Brett's like, oh, now I gotta go back and I gotta reevaluate. I, I yeah. got, I'm complacent. I have to go back to where I came from and learn, re-educate. I'm talking too much, but like re-educate myself on what it is to be like a, a badass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, then a year for a fucking yeah. year, and you, you let him, you let him tap out Vader after a year, and Vader mm-hmm. doesn't lose anything if he taps out, right? <laughs> All right, so are you ready to wrap wrap it up? Round it out with my tag teams here? Yes, sir. All right. The first tag team that I'm picking to be on my roster, Samu and Fatu, the Head Shrinkers. That is a good choice. For 93, they were uh, they were slowly coming up the uh, the ranks. Great title, uh, title reign. Um, they had the... They had the best tag team match of 1993 in America. Was that against the Steiners? Yep. Yeah. My opinion. My opinion. Now, do you get awful with them? or I do. Oh. <laughs> well, then that's a good choice. But I, I think, think yeah. if you didn't pick Alpha, you know who I was going to say put with him? Scotty? No. <laughs> no. Harley Race. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Um, and when you're like, Harley, why are you with the head shrinkers? And Harley's just like, I like watching him beat the shit out of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I enjoy it. They, they um, are going to have fantastic matches. And they're also, they're also two guys that you can, you can say, I don't want to say, you don't split them up. But I'm saying if you want to have a tag team wrestler wrestle Randy Savage or something. You know, Fatu, Fatu was uh, Fatu was always better to me in a singles match than Samu was. Samu always came off to me more as a tag team wrestler. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely the head shrinkers. And then my next team, 
they are actually, as I'm looking at my roster, they're probably going to be somehow associated with, also in this loose association with Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin, building a little kind of loose stable here. But I've got the team of Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. Oh, wow. Um, they are... I, I said it a couple of weeks ago or last week or whatever when we talked about Bobby. Bobby's the best tag team wrestler ever. And Arn mm-hmm. was one of his better partners. You I know? agree. And I... they were a great team, and they're always going to give you a good match. And cheating-wise... You get Paulie. I get Paulie and... Medusa. They can eventually also be singles wrestlers as well. Well, well like and Arn can. Uh, what? Bobby was a decent singles wrestler. He held the TV title for I, a little while. But I would always, to be honest, I, and it's just my personal preference, whether I, if I broke Arn off from Bobby, I would probably put somebody else with Bobby. I just prefer Bobby in tag teams. I don't no, know why. Um, I always liked Arn better with Bobby than I did with, with Larry Zabisco as the enforcers. I don't mm-hmm. know why. They were a good team. He's just not a big Larry Zabisco fan. But Bar, Arn and Bobby were fantastic as a team. They worked very well together. And then they even feuded a little bit as well in Smoky Mountain afterwards. So mm-hmm. you've got that offshoot where they can feud if they do break up. I like them better, honestly, and I love Paulie, don't get me wrong. But and WCW didn't do much with it. They 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 dropped it quick. But I liked it better when they were with Mike Hayes. Yeah, that was fun. Because <laughs> it was like, oh, Bobby Eaton, he was in the Midnight Express. Okay. Arn. He's he was with Tully, mm-hmm. and I'm Mike Hayes, and I'm managing him, and I was in the fabulous Freebird. Right, it's the three greatest tag teams of the '80s, and now right. we're together. Right, you know what I mean? I'd put Mike Hayes with him, or I put Paulie with him. In I, I, I kind of agree because Paulie wasn't really managing them that much they, they, when they, they were in the uh, in the Dangerous Alliance. You know what I mean? He was with them, but he was more worried about Rude and Austin. Yeah. Then he was Bobby and, and Arn. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Aaron. The next team, they're going to start out my promotion feuding with Eaton and Anderson. Okay. And it is my boys, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. Good choice. I had my roster in 98. You should have them in 93, too. Yes, they were. Uh, I have to steal them from you in 98 now. <laughs> That's all right. By then, okay. <laughs> I'm already out of business. I, I'm sitting into I'm sitting in Tahiti because I sold my promotion to Tony Khan's father or what the oh, fuck. Oh man! But anyway, you know the rock and rolls. You're always any era of the rock. Hey, fuck the rock and roll express today. I would have them on my today roster, exactly. You know, <laughs> and and like I said, they're going to feud with uh, with Eaton and Anderson to start it off because we're going to have some fire tag team matches mm-hmm. between those two teams and. Um, if I'm booking, you know what I'm going to do? Just a side note. Well, hold on. Just a side note. Rock and Roll Express, they hang out with Tracy Smothers. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So you got but you Smothers, know what I'm gonna do? You got Smothers and, and the Rock and Roll, and then you got Austin, Anderson, Eaton, there you and go. Michaels. So maybe the Rock and Roll and, and Smothers need to find a fourth friend. To get yeah. a, get it on in the four way, uh, <laughs> the Undertaker. Guy. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that works. 
he's a southern boy. No, he's not. He's from Death Valley. That's southern enough. <laughs> what were you going to say, Aaron? Nate, um, since, <laughs> since I'm notoriously known as the junior booker man, I would be asking you for, and I don't, I don't contribute anything to any of our podcasts, and I'm writing on your coattails. We're still on this? I obviously have a job working for the Nate Wrestling Alliance. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be sitting in the back of the room drinking my beers, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say, hey, Nate. And you're going to be like, what, Aaron? He's going to contribute today, guys. I'm going to be like, hey, hey, um, Let's put the Rock and Roll Express and the Head Shrinkers in the ring and see what happens. Oh God! <laughs> they they might they might knock poor Robert's eyes straight. <laughs> Couple enough headbutts. It's either going to be a fucking train wreck or it's going to be the greatest match ever. Let's right. find out. Either way, <laughs> the next team on my list they are going to be my first tag team champions. They are one of my favorite teams of all time. I love the Quebecers. And the Quebecers are going to be my first tag team champions. Now, but you have Scotty Flamingo on the roster. I do, but I'm not putting him with the Quebecers. Okay, that's, okay. That's not his role here. Okay. They're, they can be managerless. They don't need a manager. Right. Um, they... Those guys were, and, and I, I've had this internal debate, and I think I've talked about it on the show before. What do I like better, the Fabulous Rougeos or the Quebecers? And I always lean toward Quebecers. the Quebecers. Quebecers. And it's like I've told Aaron, Aaron and I have discussed this in the past. You look at the first like year of Raw, it was mm-hmm. the Quebecers show. Yep. Like er- everybody else was there. They would come in and out and whatever, but the Quebecers were on every fucking week defending yep. those tag team titles or losing those yep. titles or winning those titles back. Yep. And they were always heat magnets. They got so over that the crowd would start singing along with their song. And, and that was the best thing about them. It seemed like they were almost meant to be a comedy routine because of the song. You know, mm-hmm. we're not the Mounties, you know what I mean? But then because of their pure worth work ethic, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Those two guys, put them in the ring with anybody, whether it was the Steiners, Men on a Mission, you know what I mean? The head shrinkers. It really, one, two, three, right. It didn't matter who they were fighting. They melded to their opponent's abilities and then had a great match with them. And for all intents and purposes and everything that, that's been talked about about Jacques Rougeau, he's a prick. But that's fine. That's all right. But he's considering everybody else that was a prick at that time, he was allowed to be a prick. <laughs> you know? That's what I was saying. I want some shit talkers in the locker room. Right. People that are- Keeping people on their fucking toes and right. not letting people complacent and in an ass. That's what I think. World needs an asshole. <laughs> I uh, I find it odd that Pierre Carlette still wrestles. PCO, yeah, PCO. He was their world champion for like six months. And don't <laughs> get me wrong, he reinvented himself. He's like a Frankenstein monster now. But it's like, wow, that guy could still actually go. He's still wrestling, like when he was. Pierre in the Quebecers. Well, and you know what? And I know you don't like him, Archie, and I am a fan of him. I am a fan of I'm a fan of Danhausen, okay? I'm not I'm not, not and, a fan of Danhausen. I have I'm, not watched enough of his material yet, except for very evil, very good. You know, that's all what, I've seen. What, what I like about the okay, the Pierre Roulette gimmick. Mm-hmm. And I know we're getting off the topic. No, I've got no, one no, one tag team left, but I just 
What I like about the PCO gimmick and what I like about the Danhausen gimmick, okay? Mm-hmm. There there is a there is a there is a place for comedy in wrestling. Yes. And it is not Orange Cassidy kicking no. someone in the shin. I agree. But the way okay, the way that PCO does it, they don't say it's not like a Vince McMahon stupid shit where he's actually right. a Frankenstein. Right. He's psychotic. Right. All the years he, he's, of being he's in the gone. head. And- there's a sto- yes, there's a story. He's a psycho who thinks he's a Frankenstein monster. Right. That makes sense in the realm of wrestling. In Vince McMahon's WWE, he would actually be a Frankenstein monster. Right. And right. Danhausen is is, is well, essentially just a quirky guy see, who does what, funny things, but when he gets in the ring, it's remotely serious. That's what made me make the custom of him recently because I watched the part where he was supposed to wrestle somebody and he's like, well, I found you a really good, really evil opponent and it's PCO and now he goes to the commentary desk and PCO's fighting his opponent. Mm-hmm. Next, So how did you get in touch with PCO? He's like, oh, I wrote him a letter and I'm like, what? Wait, what? Wait a second, what? <laughs> but it makes and now sense. He's, he's explaining the story of how he wrote, I love you. I think you're a great wrestler. I've been a fan since you were the Quebecers. And I'm like, this guy's actually telling a story right now. Yes. And guess and it's what? Not, I'm entertained. I none of it. More. Yeah, none of it takes place in a magic world right. or is unbelievable. <laughs> like, example, and then I will get to my last tag team, I promise. Okay, there's there's the shitty spots with Orange Cassidy where he does things that make other wrestlers. The worst thing about the Orange Cassidy gimmick is it diminishes any other wrestler he's in the ring with because it makes them right. look stupid. Can I say, sorry. Danhausen, have you ever seen Danhausen's tequila thing? Yes. Okay. Like I said, I've only seen him cut a promo. I haven't seen him wrestle yet. The tequila spot that he did was actually realistic because the other guy was selling on the outside of the ring. And then they they started playing tequila, and Danhausen did a little dance on the thing, but the other guy was selling. Because Danhausen did actually knock him out or whatever. And then when the guy got up, when it said tequila, he kicked the guy in the face. Right. That that works, you know, on a certain level. Right. That's where comedy can be okay in wrestling. I agree. Darren, you were going to say something. I was going to say um, I tried to watch Modern Wrestling the other day. And um, I shouldn't say the other day, like the other week. And, you know, what, like made me the most mad, and I was just like, I'm done. I'm not watching. What was it? I watched Sting do the Orange Cassidy gimmick. Oh, yes. Yes. I didn't, because I don't watch Orange anything Orange Cassidy's on. But I found if Kenny Omega or if Kenny Omega or Orange Cassidy are on, I fast-forward through it. So I didn't see it, but I did read about it. Sting did the can't-break-an-egg little kick things that Mm -hmm. and I was like, Mm -hmm. nope. If things doing it now, the, we've lost the plot. The well, funniest, Rick, Rick Flair will be doing it in a couple of weeks because he's going to be the funniest part about that whole thing of him doing the Orange Cassidy kick thing was Darby Allen sitting in the ring going, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like even Darby Allen was disgusted by it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I like Darby Allen. I'm not saying anything against him, mm-hmm. but it's like I don't know if that was even a planned spot because the look on Darby's face was like, "Dude, you're staying. What are you? Yeah, what are you doing?" They they asked Stane to do that with him. And- <sighs> I'm like, nope. I'm fine. It, my last... Oh, go ahead, Aaron. 
Nope, that's all I'm going to say. It was fucking disgusting. And my last tag team, 1993, easy pick, super easy pick. They were the first team I wrote down, and of course it was the Steiner Brothers. Now, I like them. Now, let me tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You get, you get some combinations of maybe Sean and Austin thrown in the mix, or maybe, a, how about this? How about a tag team of Two Cold Scorpio and Owen Hart thrown in the mix at certain times? But anyway, I've got head shrimp. I've got the Head Shrinkers and the Steiners. I've got Eaton and Anderson and the, the Rock and Roll Express. But, but this is what I'm saying. Somehow, some way, at the beginning of this promotion, the Quebecers win the tag team titles. And I want you guys to think about my tag team roster and the other possible tag teams you could throw together on said roster and think about the Quebecers just surrounded by all this. <laughs> right. And, like, they're just watching the Steiners and the Head Shrinkers Fight for the number one contendership. You know right, what I having mean? Having a, a full on brawl, <laughs> and they're sitting in the entryway, going, "We got to fight or, these guys." Or watching the Express and Eaton and Anderson just right. light it up right. to become they're, the number one contenders. Uh, we kind of changed your minds. I don't think. <laughs> right, you can have these belts back. <laughs> Where's men on a mission? We'll fight them. Did you say? Did you say Sabu and Cactus Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Roulette's like, my passport has expired. <laughs> <laughs> I have no work visa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not them. Anybody but them. Give us Scotty Polo. I mean, Scotty <laughs> Anyway, <it> guys, <laughs> I hope you liked my 1993 roster of the Nate Wrestling Association. There's only I... one glowing mission. What? There's only, I told Archie about this when you were Dropping a deuce or whatever you're doing. <laughs> there's only one omit. There, there's only one omission, and I thought you were going to have him on your roster, and you didn't. Who's that? Heel doink. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I guess. Uh, I guess I went with Papa Shango over heel doink. <laughs> In a way, because you're right. I I, I do love that character, and. Um, he would definitely fit in in this crazy roster of 1993 I've got like going. When you here. brought up Papa Shango, I was like, "Oh, he's going to bring up Heel Doink," and I'm like, "Oh man, Heel Doink and Papa Shango are my tag team champions." <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else, guys? Before we sign off this week? No, I think you have a great roster. I'd like to tune in because you have some matches I'd like to see, and uh, I think you did damn good. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. And probably in a couple of weeks. We probably won't have an episode next week, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, the We Can't Wrestle studios are moving. But um, after that, we will get to David Gold's roster. He's the final guy to do his roster. He'll be doing his roster from 1999 on the next show. Yeah, he cut his power out just so he could be the fucking main event. (laughs) Wait, can I just do something? I need to do just the one thing. Nate, say what you said again about the We Can't Wrestle Studios. The We Can't Wrestle Studios are moving. We're moving on up, moving on up to the east side. <laughs> Which so be- blocks away. Because <laughs> it's a small town. <laughs> but when I get to the new studios, I will find out the beans don't burn on the grill. But fish does fry in the kitchen. It just makes an awful smell. <laughs> well, all right. Now that we've gone, are we gonna, what's are we, happening? Are we getting? 
<laughs> are we right. gonna are we gonna do the are we gonna do the theme from two two seven next? I don't remember that theme. I'll, I'll do and, different strokes. But anybody that remembers the show two two seven, you're cool. Yeah, yeah, Mary. That's one. That's one of the funniest. That's one of the funniest moments in King of the Hill. Is when Dale Dale's trying to track down that dude, like yeah. the bounty hunter deal. Like Dale's a bounty hunter, and he's trying to track down that dude. And then they do they, they're like the same guy. So like, and then at the end of the episode, they're watching the they're watching Sanford and Son together. Yeah, and there's a episode two where Sanford and Son comes on again. He's talking to his wife, whatever. He's like, "Oh, dang it, my show's on." <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, everybody. There was an actual Rusty Shackleford. That's yes, that's wonderful. <laughs> He's like, I thought you died. <laughs> He's like, what, man? <laughs> He's like, I just moved. Like, like he's like, oh, I thought you died, like in elementary school or whatever. He's like, no, I just moved, and you ruined my credit. And he said, <laughs> it really is one of the greatest shows ever made, it's isn't the greatest it? Greatest show ever, <laughs> Bobby. If you weren't my son, I'd hug you right now. There's that episode. Bobby. I don't even remember what Bobby's singing, but he's like walking down the street and he's like singing. No, no, it's when he's dancing in the. He, he's trying my, to. My um, name is Bobby. I like to party. If you don't believe me, watch me work my body. Like, that shit's funny. And Hank sees him and he's like, Bobby, what are you doing? You're acting like we didn't teach you shame, and we did. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, damn, I'm trying to be the mascot. And he goes, oh, you're training. Okay. <laughs> one last one before we go. A great <laughs> moment in that show. The, 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 the new neighbor guy moves in. Yep. And he shaves his legs. <laughs> and they're sitting they're sitting at his house and the guy's talking about I, I don't know the context, but the guy's talking about shaving his legs. And Bobby goes A man can shave his legs. And all it is is Hank going, Peggy. And then if Peggy goes, Bobby. And then Bobby goes, Sorry, Dad. Sorry, <laughs> like, Dad. like Hank's not even gonna address this in person. Like he's going to address it through the mother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we've reminisced on King of the Hill, I want to wish everybody a happy Hi. week, and we will see you in a couple of weeks with the return of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time around. Good night, everybody.